Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, I mean, hero movies are are kind of predictable in a particular way, and and that's the that's the definition of a villain. Every hero movie has to establish the bad guy, the villain. And the more horrid or scary or powerful the villain is, the more powerful the hero has to become. The the very notion of a hero archetype means not out of the fabric of society. In other words, heroes um, transcend the paralyzation, the fear, the the dogma, perhaps of of the village, of of the community. The community itself feels paralyzed, feels um, dumbfounded, perhaps, as far as what needs to happen. And then the hero archetype walks in and says, hold my beer, and and transforms the outcome through the archetype itself. Hey, I'm so glad for tonight's show. Um, The topic tonight is Blast from the Past, and our guest tonight is... Shelly Carr. We're going to bring Shelly on in just a bit. But I want to I want to kind of noodle around the notion of gigantic, of colossal. I mean, where in our vocabulary is the words for over the top huge? Because there's like seven billion divine timeless souls personified in the human form. We've been shoehorned into this physical experience as gigantic multidimensional souls. And uh, like I was just talking with Shelley before the show started, there's a huge void of sorts. There's a, our normal, the 2019 normal, has been blown out of the water. 2020, 2021 has taken the collective consciousness and turned it on its head. And that's, I, and I, I respect that there's been a lot of struggle and pain for people. I, I, I'm not blind to that, but my gosh, there's just trillions and trillions and trillions of, pick a unit of measurement of dollars of of horsepower or whatever, of transformation. Transformation of the collective consciousness. Well, I guess what I'm saying right now is with without a normal to uh, weigh or merit everything to, we're really... Ha- uh, at a very um, powerful pivot point, if you will, of the collective. And the more we can recognize that and become aware of it, then our heart and our soul can feed us impulses of 
a, a, a real true transformation of our human narrative, uh, a hero archetype, if you will, of consciousness that each one of us can play out just by recognizing that we're in a different ball game. We can really transform humanity on earth right now because the the ground, the root, the momentum, the inertia of our norm is so scattered. <laughs> and I know that makes some people really crazy to have normal so absolutely uh, up in the air, so to speak. Well, anyway, let's get to it. I'm um, I'm excited for tonight's show. Blast from the Past is Shelley's latest book. The subtitle is Healing Spontaneous Past Life Memories. Spontaneously recalling past life memories while traveling or interacting with certain objects is a phenomenon experienced by people all over the world. With blasts from the past, you can turn that experience into an opportunity to tr- for transformative healing. Our guest tonight, Shelley Carr, presents fascinating research on spontaneous past life regression. Numerous case studies and stories and ways to apply these findings into your own life. We've had Shelley on the show before, and it's my pleasure to welcome her back on the show. Welcome to the show, Shelley. Les, it is a complete joy to be here, and I agree with everything you are talking about. We are in extraordinary times, and we all have an amazing opportunity for something here. So, yes, yes. Thanks for having me. Well, you're more than welcome. I'm delighted to have you on the show. Well, I mean, how do we... How do we even do the human genome justice? I mean, I think our our past has been edited so heavily, and I think the uh, literature or the the history, perhaps, of truly remarkable people, and and when I say remarkable, I mean metaphysically. Um, have been erased from our history. We have people like Jesus and and Buddha and uh, Krishna and perhaps Moses and others. But I think if we could click our heels together and restore everything that's ever been written, we would find a whole collage of stories. And so what I'm talking about is our own psyche, your psyche, my psyche, What's the what's the true measure of that? I don't think we have a yardstick or a measuring stick big enough to really even comprehend our human potential. And I'm so delighted that tonight we're going to talk about how we um, have these kind of stuck memories. What What brought you to write a book about... Recalling past life memories while traveling or interacting with with things. Well, it because it started happening to me um, before it, I wasn't, you know, 
my consciousness when I was like in my 20s wasn't capable of understanding that this was happening, but um, as I got older, <laughs> I'm sure we can all understand that. We kind of tend to start getting a clue when things keep knocking us on the head. And um, for, you know how like when you within your life, I know you probably know what I'm talking about, but you have many chapters within your life, like chapters sure. where you hung out with these people or you went to school over here or you worked over there. So one of my chapters was, um, and I can't even remember the dates, but sometimes between maybe 2010 and 2016 or so, I owned a travel agency. I had done some uh, work with a major hotel corporation, and I was doing training because I used to be a sales trainer. That was in my deep past. So this this energy of going back into the training environment, I went to India and I trained some people in a chat room, which was amazing. And I fell in love with them, and I, I believe I've had a lot of past lives in India. And so while I was there, I was like, you know what? This is the whole reason why I came to work in this job. And so the minute um, that training was over, I came home and I quit, and I bought a travel agency. And I have discovered, because I, I would get up and go, like, everywhere. I'd just go all over the world just with no plans, no itinerary, no travel agent, just show up places when I feel, like, kind of spiritually called to go there. Right. Um, that that I really started loving cruising because because I realized that if I want to get all over this world, I'm not going to have time unless I'm willing to go on a cruise and just at least put my foot down in as many places as possible. So during this time, um, I took a cruise to the phenomenally beautiful and wonderful Key West, Florida. I mean, let's face it, what what would be not to love there? I mean, it's gorgeous. The people are friendly. I mean, they've got margaritas. I mean, everybody should be happy. But um, the minute I got off the ship, I walked up a certain path. Like you kind of get off the ship and you kind of go through these little, past these little shops and you're going to go pat behind those buildings and start going over towards like Ernest Hemingway's house and the southernmost tip of the United States and all this cool stuff. But before I ever got there, I just started going, oh, I just kind of doubled over. I started having water coming out of my eyes and I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, I was with my brother on this trip, and he seemed to be fine. I didn't want, you know, to be a party pooper. So I said, okay, there must be some, you know, December algae bloom coming off the Caribbean or something. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was So I struggled through it, and, you know, I did manage to make it to Margaritaville, so that did help a little bit, I'm not going to lie. But by the time I was done with that and I, I got back toward the ship, what started becoming then remarkable was that the minute I took my physical foot off of the land there, I felt instantly better. Then I got in the ship and I felt a lot better. And then at night, after they lock the doors, they're going to pull away from the port. So we're sitting in the dining area. Once we got a certain distance away, I felt like a big cord had been cut, like major. And I said, what is going on? And so I, you know, I try to tell people, <clears throat> you know, not to think, that everything's cursed or it's it's all them, it's not me. But but I really started to think, you know, cause the, again, I, I'm just like everybody else. I'm going, what is going on here? I said, there must be some really bad juju there. And I vowed that I would never return again, Wes. But guess what happened? The next week I came home, literally within two days, and some other friends called and said, Shelly, guess what? We're going on a cruise. You want to go? Well, duh. Of course I want to go. When are you going? Where are you going? Well, we're going to Key West. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I just vowed I was never going to this stupid place ever again. And so believe it or not, Les, it takes a two-by-four and a big hammer, apparently, and a punch in the face for me to finally understand that 
maybe it's not them, maybe it's me. <laughs> right. And so I had some students, and I said, this is kind of interesting. Okay, what is the coincidence? It, it could be a coincidence that the universe wants to send me this, because there's plenty of places we could cruise, let's face it. So I said, I'm going to call one of my students and have her do a group regression on me. And so long story short, she does a regression. And I found out I was a pirate. And I can't remember the date. It's in the book. Um, but I think it was 1700s. I saw myself just acting like a real obnoxious jerk. And everybody was just sick of me. And so they just told me to walk the plank. And they kicked me off. And I, I saw myself swimming to shore and basically, you know, conking out and dying kind of right on the shore of what is now Key West. <laughs> so what I wanted to do then is think, okay, I've been doing this for, at that time, almost 20 years. Because in the midst of travel agenting, I'm still always doing private sessions. And I thought, do I really want to put my money where my mouth is? Does this stuff actually work? Because I hadn't really had a lot of personal reasons to really dig deep into this kind of stuff in many years. Since I first got into it, it, it transformed my life. That's why I got into it. But this was really a test. And I said, so I've had this healing. We did all the things that, you know, because I trained her. You know, we're going to cut cords. We're going to send light to this situation. Okay, blah, blah, blah. But the question then remains, does the healing that I received in the regression, is it actually going to work, and will I then be able to go to Key West and actually stand it and actually, you know, maybe even feel good and have a good time? Right. Or, you know, I, I just have to yep. see. So, so I went there, and I got off the boat again, went exactly down to the same place, and then I could pinpoint it as this one area between these two buildings, kind of in the center, there was a dumpster over there. Um, and I said, oh, it was somewhere over there that I think I perished. So I sat there and I just sent light to it. I cut cords. And then after a few minutes, I just kind of got used to it. And then I just went about my day. I had a great time. And I never had another problem with it again. I got back on the ship and came home. And so then I started saying, wait a minute. This is, again, it's too weird. I'm going to have to start asking people. So I started asking people. And I wrote a short three-book series. Um, the first one was called Reincarnation Recollections. Um, another one called Familiar Places about some weird stuff that happened in Peru. Because I've had this stuff happen all the time. And then um, the third one is called Supretrovi, which is a, I decided to give it a word. And so I looked up root words like supra, like supernaturally or ultra wild. Um, right. Retro meaning past and V meaning life. So... I wanted to put something together because I said, this is happening to the people that I'm interviewing, and so I want people to have a word to describe it. Unfortunately, nobody can pronounce the word, because <laughs> when you write things, <laughs> guess what? You're not talking, and now I'm like, okay, well, nobody knows how to say my word. But they can at least look at it, and they can go, yeah, that, that's what happened to me when I went to so-and-so. And I, I just hear, like, I want to hear your stories. I mean, I'm sure, and your listeners, everybody who's listening to this tonight probably has had something weird happen. And, and, again, we don't have to be at some exotic location. You could have just gone to the next town over. But sometimes, you know, you have a flash or you have a familiar feeling or you look at, you know, the blast from the past. This new book is from Llewellyn. It came out in December. It's going beyond my original research, which was just into I traveled somewhere and it was weird, or I went to a museum and now I'm having an effect of an artifact. But we're also then now exploring gems and minerals, which, it, again, I've written how many books about gems and mineral healing, and yet it's just taken me quite a while to finally put it together that maybe one of the main reasons why we want to heal with gems and minerals is because 
the Brazilian courts, for example, is not the same as the Arkansas courts. So when we connect with that, we're actually connecting with potentially a place in the world that we used to live without having to travel. So because we don't have to travel to have these experiences. And then, of course, the pinnacle that I, again, I, I think has happened to a lot of people would be, you know, what I would define as karmic obsession or I look into someone's eyes. I've never met them before. I either go, oh, I love you, or and I think we should move in today together, or I'm going <laughs> to run kicking and screaming down the street in the other direction, and I never want to see you again. And so these feelings that we're having, you know, this is, as you mentioned in the opening, you're talking about this multidimensional. We're stuffed into this little meat suit down here in the body, yeah. but yet we've got all these influences coming in from all over. And so this book is just an effort to say, hey, everybody, has this happened to you? If so, I just want to let you know that I don't think you're crazy because, you know, nobody's as crazy as I am, Les. I mean, let's face it. So, and, and again, then we start, like you said, we, we have an opportunity here as we engage in these kind of discussions to say, are there commonalities that we've had that maybe we hadn't talked about before because we were too busy in the old normal? You know, now that we're in the new normal, maybe it's time for us to open up to some of these ideas and start to think, what is the multidimensional nature of our soul? And like you said, I mean, we have an opportunity here. Something's happening. I think we could all agree in the last two years that there's been some real stuff hitting the fan. A lot's happening, and you're exactly right. We have opportunities here, and we have to get together and have these conversations so we can figure out how we can move forward to make this world what we truly want it to be. And, and there is hope, and we can do it. We just have to understand, like, what is going on here and let's just all get together and move forward. Well, I like that. I actually have a I have a this lifetime example that happened in my life this time. And but but uh, there's there's something going on here I think that is really um um insightful in the sense that so 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 look at the human incarnation, okay? This big asshole is hanging out in n-dimensional space. Uh, it, it's had a chance to recuperate and recover from the last incarnation on this planet or some other planet, and it's going to incarnate into a human body. And then and then look at the metrics of of rich and poor, healthy and sick, uh, peacetime and wartime especially on this planet, planet Earth, if, if a soul has the power of all our sages, of all our, our heroes from the past, a soul, uh, uh, shall we say, an untethered or unscathed soul incarnated into the human body has miraculous capability and then fast forward being born into the slums of India, dirt poor, and and um, an, an unscathed soul doesn't born become born into such a traumatic environment. We have to load our psyche up. We have to load our psyche up with something that consumes, that holds a vast. And I can't make that that um, a big enough relationship a vast amount of our human power just raw power for us to to have the experience of being homeless have the experience of being a victim have the experience right so when we connect with these these experiences so you talk about 
coming off the boat and you're, I don't want to put words in your mouth, your knees go weak and your body shuts down. Yeah. That's yeah. energy. That's raw energy that's locked up in your psyche. What if you've yeah. had 100,000 of those episodes and you were go, to go and free them all and intuitively in that moment, if I ask that question, I get shown this gigantically vibrant, radiant soul persona. I, I think what we're talking about in Blast from the Past is is taking a vast amount of our energy and locking it into an episode. We're taking our own energy and locking it into this narrative and shoving it down in our psyche because as I listen to you describe getting off the boat, there's a shit ton of energy that's playing out yes. through your psyche. So if there's energy in this memory, where's that energy coming from? It's coming from your own psyche. And if you've got 100,000 of those things, that's where we lose our power to. I'm throwing that out there. There's no doubt um, <clears throat> because, well, it's happening. And, again, it's very unconscious. You know, a lot of the people that I interviewed for the first books, are very close friends of mine who I've known forever who live, you know, in Dallas area where I live. Um, and, you know, they've known me well. I've talked to them for years about different spiritual things, but they would say, I'd say, did this happen to you? They'd be like, well, you know, it actually did, but I'm going to need like a few days to digest that and even remember because I don't remember because we've, allowed ourselves to stuff these things so far down inside our souls that we can't get them back out again. It takes a lot to pull these memories out. And so after a couple of days, they come back and they'll tell me a story, you know. But I think that's part of it. Like we've been trained by the society to think that this stuff is woo-woo and that we're a bunch of freaks and that we're all right. crazy and blah, 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 blah. And so you hear that enough, you know, some people, I have friends in the spiritual realm, you know, who raise their kids to, yeah, okay, you think you see a little spirit over there, wonderful. Or, you know, a lot more open. Yep. And my, I think my my parents were very, very open. But a lot of people just aren't like that. If you get, if you keep getting told, no, that's silly and stuff like that, eventually you go, well, it's silly, and so I'm just going to say, shut it off. And it's happening at the basest, um, you know, subliminal levels. And then, like you said, like if we continue to stuff this stuff down, though, it's going to come exploding out like what happened to me in Key West. And this isn't, you know, I've just had a lot of really weird experiences. And then the other thing that's happening lately is I'd written a book, um, came out 2021, earlier 2021, called Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life, which is about this process I developed in the early 2000s when I felt like I wasn't getting people to the source event of their, you know, the root event of their situation in past lives. I decided to start having them go to their mother and father's higher selves, not not who the people were, but their soul level, and say, hey, mom and dad, uh, mom, do, did your family need a healing today? Well, yes, they do. Okay, great. Let's travel down mom's line and go send some, some love and light to mother. And so what we're starting to discover, you know, through scientific research that actually proves clinically, not just from woo-woo Shelley, but that clinically proves that up to 50% of your personality is embodied in your DNA. So you're showing sure. up as grandma and grandpa, whether you realize it or not. And also that ancestral trauma, they did studies, um, you know, particularly on the Holocaust, descendants of the Holocaust are clinically more likely 
to experience trauma, anxiety, and depression. And any parent who experiences any kind of hardcore stress, they pass that um, a trait onto the offspring that reduces their cortisol levels, which means that their immune system isn't going to be as beefed up as it should be. And so there's see the the challenge that I think in this case my conclusion was I was a pirate and I was a jerk. Okay, great, wonderful. But another conclusion that could be drawn from these what I call unwanted influences could be, um, particularly lately because um, I'm teaching a big course on this now, some things from my past have started to come back to me where I'm starting to understand certain trips that I took that were not for myself or my crazy crazy stuff, but because I was actually taking trips for the ancestors. And that's wow, a very nice. interesting thing to, to see how influenced we are by these. So we're influenced by... Our current life, like you mentioned, you had some stuff happen in current life. We yeah. all have had weird stuff happen, and it needs healing. Then we have past lives, and now we maybe are picking up a part. I mean, we really are picking up um, in my new paradigm, really, of the things that I've been dealing with lately. I'm really starting to be shocked at exactly how much we're picking up from our ancestors. I think it's quite shocking, um, and I've had it kind of on an experiential level just uh, just kind of being shown to me. I, I don't know. I, more writing on that later maybe down the road. But So I think well, that the bottom line is we're having these influences and somehow we have to get them up and try to heal them so that we can expand and, and be here to, like I feel like we're here to transmute some of this energy on behalf of our ancestors and all humanity for all time so that we can raise the consciousness up into that higher dimensional level. So we can restore our savior, our sage, our archetype, our mystic energy potentials. It's every time we release one of these episodes, we bring more power online. Um, you know, the. Yes. So, like you, I've been staring at this thing called life for decades, and I, I think we both share a, a fascination for it. Uh, for me, the so so just this is not related to anything that I'm conscious of, but you piss the king off. It's you know 700 years ago, you piss the king off. You open your trap and you tell the people you tell the people the king's full of it and the king's pissed and you know what he's going to kill your ass, but he's not going to do it right off the top. He wants to watch you suffer. So I, I went to a Renaissance festival and they had a torture display of the many different ways we were tortured. And one of them was basically to stab you like two or three inches deep a thousand times and then throw you in the sewer and let you die in six months from from uh, uh, being infected. And so your body turns, I don't want to be gross, but your body turns into this pussy thing and then you die and my point is what oh, is Lord. the what is the feeling that that is embodied in your persona that you haven't resolved and then you die that's what gets locked in the psyche oh i totally agree i uh 2019 by the grace of god i can see now um on the week of my birthday, I went over to Vipassana meditation, which is based on the original teachings of the Buddha, where we have to lock up for 10 days. We can't talk. 
there's other people with us, you know, dorms of women and men, but you're not allowed to, like, you can't look at people. You have to stare straight out of the window and eat your food and stuff. And then you're going to sit on a meditation cushion for, like, 10 hours a day and meditate. Now, first of all, my family and friends didn't think that this could keep its big trap shut because I do like to talk. Okay, so it's like, <laughs> I'm going to show all of you that I could do this, and I did it less. But further, nice. you're sitting on a cushion in that environment in a beautiful, nurturing temple with the most beautiful, kind people who are feeding you healthy, love-blessed foods all day. But I'm sitting on a cushion one day, and I'm sitting there going, that is horrible. I'm going to get the heck out of here. These people are just awful, you know. And then I open up my eyes and go, wait, there's no one here. What? what? What am I coming up with? What is this that's coming out of me? Because it's obviously not a reflection of the reality that I'm currently having. And then another day I got very scared. I got sad. So there was a lot of different things that start popping off of you. And then later in the week I started feeling like I felt a big sword come out of my back. I felt my neck neck started, you know, I've had this head chopped off quite a bit, let's just say. So I felt a lot of that, you know, pop, 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 pop. It just popped back into place. I left the place. I didn't have any pain anymore. And so now we're here two years later or whatever, and, um, you know, we definitely, I, I just, I feel so thankful that I had that experience because we've had so much collective pain here that we're trying to process now. That oh, my. I, I just feel like when I think about people, you know, and what they're going through, my heart goes out to them because I know that if you've never been locked up in a in a chamber, you know, where you have to be quiet all the time and sit on a bun cushion for 10 hours a day, because of that experience, I was able to stomach what we've just been through. But but I can't imagine. I mean, my my heart just breaks for people because I know how hard it is, and I and I could see where, yeah, this is nervous breakdown time kind of stuff. And if if that's not ever been your experience or you haven't had anything this hard before, then that's really hard for these people. And then like you know, you get everyone together, then that that's when you start. You and I kind of had a discussion about this before the show began. That you see a bunch of people. They're just. They're, they're, this is manifesting. It's blowing up in all kinds of different civil unrest, et cetera, et cetera, because they just don't know what to do with this energy. And so I feel like right. the more of us that can become peaceful within ourselves. And lately I've been called to really try to find something funny. I mean, I know there's nothing funny, but is there <laughs> just like a – could I go watch a Will Ferrell movie or something? Could I just try to just turn off this stuff and just for a minute just have a laugh today? or even a smile, and try to just get into a different frequency bandwidth than what's going on around us. We have to try to continue to know that, you know, we've this this world has gotten through a lot. You know, we know that because we know world history. So we are in extraordinary times, and we will get through this, but we just have to try to do the best we can and hopefully have a little fun once in a while, you know. Oh, oh sure. Well, um uh, I really like the uh, the episode I had in in this lifetime. I'm going to share that now. Um, oh, good. Be, because uh, uh, be, because of when the events happened. Now I'm I'm talking about a single event, but in the conversation you'll find out that decades later, more of the event plays out. So. Um, here, here it goes. I'm 13 years old ish and we go to the lake and, uh, I have so much water episodes in my psyche. We go to this lake and I, I swim like a rock. I swim like an anchor 
and uh, <laughs> and, and my friends want to swim out to this platform that's probably a hundred yards out. I mean, it's quite a ways out in my eyes because I don't swim. And all the boys swim out the platform. I'm like some bitch. And um, the only the only swim stroke I liked was the backstroke because it kept my face out of the water. So I I swim out to the platform. And I make it, and I climb up, and I kind of try to find some comfort in that. And the, everybody else is jumping off it and playing and whatever. And all too soon, they all disappear. They go, they swim into shore to go do something else. So I get in the water, and I start doing the backstroke, and I'm and I'm uh, swimming towards the shore, and I'm tilting my head back, looking for the trees to see if I'm close enough to the shore to stand up. And with my 13-year-old dynamics, I suck at generating, at estimating distances. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm close enough to touch the bottom, so I stop swimming and I reach for the bottom. And I sink like a rock. And the last frame, the last visual I remember is... I'm reaching up for the surface, which is now three feet, three and a half feet, four feet, four and a half feet, because I'm going down. I'm going down like a rock. And the air from my lungs is is going up towards the surface as bubbles coming out of my mouth, and then I pass out. So I'm oh I'm going gosh. I'm going down. I'm not going up, I'm going down and I pass out. So technically I should be dead. That's called a drowning. I'm not conscious. I quit trying. My eyes closed. My my consciousness checked out. Wow. So I should be dead. Mm-hmm. And and so the very next thing I remember, I'm up on the shore. I'm I'm um, far enough from the shore. I'm off in the weeds. And I'm laying on the ground, and I'm I'm waking up like uh, like I just took a nap, no coughing, no choking. I just wake up, just wake up, and that's an important part. There's no sign of a water event. I just wake up. I feel fine. Time to I'm like oh shit, I lost my ride home. Where's the scoutmaster? I got you know, and I go into this fury of. Where the hell am I and where's everyone else? And I go home and I tell my folks, well, I almost drowned today. And they didn't seem to care too much. And uh, 20, 25 years later, I'm in a shrink's office. And uh, we're having, we're going through sessions. And he says, what do you want to talk about today? And, and I said, well, I want to know why my parents didn't care that I almost drowned. And I, and he's like, well, why should they? I mean, you sound as convincing as a wet mop. I mean, you're sitting there going, I almost drowned today, you know. So there was no um, sense of urgency to how you share it. And he says, okay, let's connect with it. And his uh, um, Peter Levine wrote a book, Waking the Tiger, that talks about connecting with episodes. So he takes me back to the day. Tell me, tell me what the weather was. It was sunny. I get, it was warm. Uh, was there a breeze? And he, he's emotionally, he's tactic, he's taking my tactile sensations and reconnecting me with the day. And uh, 
um, he takes me back to that day, and Shelly, what the hell? 25 years later, I'm in an office building in Denver, and all of a sudden I start puking up water. Oh, my gosh. I start, of course, there's no water in my lungs. Remember when I said I woke up, I had no water trauma sensation whatsoever. But 25 wow. years twenty five years later, it's coming out of my psyche. And, and I realize that when we go into shock, when, when we go numb, when we don't feel what's happening in the moment, 100% of it goes into our psyche, PTSD with vets. They go into shock, and then 100% of the energy, the, tor- the horror, the torment, goes straight like a, a vast energy recorder, and it charges up their psyche with this trauma. So 25 years later, all day long, two hours after the session, I'm walking around the store, and I'm burping. up. You know how if you swallow a lot of water, you burp for a while, and, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the rest of the day, I'm, I'm burping up water, and I feel waterlogged, and I feel nauseous. Twenty-five years later, in the same lifetime. I thought you might like that. (laughs) I love it. I mean, that's incredible. But, yeah, that's, wow, wow. And just think, I mean, of all different, you know. I should have been on the night news. The, The fire department had come out and scuba divers had come looking for me. I mean, that's how it normally ends. <laughs> yeah. And yet, here you are. <laughs> we needed to have this conversation, Shelley. Now my life is complete. We did. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. I can't, that's pretty amazing. I mean, that's one of the best ones I've ever heard. But that's just, I mean, you're a very powerful spiritual being, and I feel like fact that you can manifest the actual physicality of the trauma itself is pretty amazing i mean and yeah it's it's symbolic of like we're all holding these things we may not be able to see that's them, right that's right you know like when i was in the possum i didn't see a sword coming out of my you know right shoulder blade but and so there's just so many things i mean did we get dropped in a vat i mean i'm guessing you probably did sometime less i hate to tell you that yeah um or who knows what all we've had happen to us. And then then combine that now with all the stuff that happened to our ancestors. Okay, now we're really going to need to settle in and unpack our luggage here for a minute and try to figure this thing out, you know. Yeah. Pretty well, wild. I, I think there's a there's an opportunity, and, and we could think of it as a mechanical, like a, uh, a mechanical opportunity. So... Um, Each one of these events has energy, has raw energy. Where does that come from? Well, it's our own consciousness of the moment. And so when we do connect with these episodes from our past and the feeling comes whoosh and, and the feeling comes online, when we can be cognizant that there's an immense amount of energy in our psyche that can be released in the moment we feel it, 
we can kind of lean into it and discharge a lot more energy out of our psyche in the moment. And instead of going, oh, I feel terrible, and and try to subdue the feeling, which keeps the energy in our psyche, to go, oh, my God, I feel terrible, and capitulate it, uh, push it out of our psyche energetically and, and harvest the connection, harvest the the reconnection of the of all the feelings that were in our persona before we died in that moment and and let it vent out of us in volume and and the healing potential of that encounter can go up several clicks if that makes sense oh absolutely absolutely wow yeah, I think that um, it, it's just interesting that we're able to have these kinds of conversations now speaks to the fact that there is a shift taking place, you know, in consciousness. And um, we need to take a look at, you know, these deeper meanings. I, I was talking to, I had teaching a class today, just telling people, you know, I feel like we're very, very afraid of our emotions. Like we definitely don't want to cry, especially men. They don't want to cry. But anyone, you know, hey, I'm, hey, I'm a professional. I don't cry or whatever. And the more we don't, we just stuff this stuff down, though. You know, it's right. just uh, it's creating something. I had. I call it. I call it karmic concrete. <laughs> yes, and once the concrete settles, it's hard to break. Let's just say. I had had a experienced the last few months where many people that I've known, not just casual people, but some really foundational friends who I've had through the years, many of them, I'm talking about 10 or maybe more now because, you know, I've just never been to so many um, memorial services, but they're all just checking out. They're just like, just hopping off the planet. And I started to realize that I was having this problem because I couldn't cry and I thought, okay, why? I I would think some of these friends um, deserve at least like one tear to pop out of my eyeball, and it wasn't not happening. And so I started trying to listen to classical music and just listen to music and try to get my and and some music that maybe I've from a long time ago to help take me back in time to maybe different periods in my life when I knew some of these people and stuff. And then that started the process of crying. And then once that got going, then, of course, I cried, 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 got some of that out. And then, you know, that's the thing. Like, I think people think, oh, if I start crying, I'll never stop. Well, you really will because you could be, and I I really was at times, you know, really hard crying. Once that stuff comes out, bubble, it just goes pop, and it just pops off, and you go, and then all of a sudden it's over, and you go, wait a minute, I, I don't feel like I need to cry anymore. And then maybe you'll start thinking of that person and going, oh, the, remember that time we did that? Oh, my God, that was so funny. You'll be laughing and laughing and laughing. So you can have, like, I mean, you'll almost, I guess, I guess unfortunately, um, speaking of trips to the psychologist, they might say, oh, we got a manic person. They're crying. They're laughing. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe they're just emoting. Maybe people are just letting yes. out some stuff that's happened that they never, you know, got a chance to let out before. I don't have a problem with that. But I think that people are afraid that once they get that going, it won't stop, and that that is just simply not true. It's like a thought form, and it's just going to pop off like a bubble in a glass of Seven Up or something, you know, and you just feel well, better afterwards. Well, 
you up and wrote a book about this. So bravo to you. A blast from the past, healing spontaneous past life memories. So I like that you bring up uh, giving yourself permission to feel your feelings, to be able to cry and whatnot, because I think there's so there's so much heartache, there's so much uh, pain and sorrow in the collective. Planet Earth's a tough place to live. I mean, we build out a nuclear we build out a nuclear arsenal to vaporize all life on the planet. I mean. Um, mm. I mean, it just shows how dark our psyche has gone. And uh, a calm sea doesn't make a skilled sailor. Um, souls come here for for the advanced class. If you can come into this karmic tsunami and find love in your heart and compassion, you're a rock star. You're you're probably one of the top caliber types of modalities a soul can. In, um, incarnate into, it would seem. I think there's, you know, there's just uh, many who are, such as yourself, just really trying to reach into that place of joy right now. And um, I think a lot of us are kind of being called to wake up and get it together because if we can find ourselves you know, I, like I said, like I said earlier, just feeling I'm feeling so thankful that I really hit rock bottom. It sounds weird to be <laughs> going, oh, thank God, my life was a living hell. You know, 20 years ago and and 15 years ago and other times it was just so hideous. And oh, thank you, Lord, I'm so grateful for that now because if it wasn't, then I couldn't be in this place where I am now. You know. Oh yeah, but at, I mean, have you heard of? Well, this is a curious question. Okay, okay Shelley, you've you've taken on uh, past life moments, past life memories, spontaneous past life memories. Are they all uh, difficult and challenging, or or are there moments of celebration, moments of joy, moments of you know you know what I mean? It's because I sit here and I think, well. If you're feeling joy and happiness and and laughter and fun, you're immersed in the environment and you're conscious of everything that's happening so you wouldn't be accumulating energy in your psyche by pushing anything away. So maybe we don't we don't take energetic uh volumes of energy in a, in the happy moments since we're conscious of it all and push it into our psyche. It's only is, does that even make sense that it, it's what we won't allow ourselves to feel in the moment that we push in to be discovered later? Yeah, I think it's a really good point. I mean, the thing is, Les, I mean, we do have tons of happy memories in the past. We have uh, one of the big things that people can get out of regressions is just understanding, like, what are my soul gifts? What are my talents? What do I love to do? So there's lots of happiness, but the problem is, Normal people, and that would include yours truly over here, you know, doesn't go get help unless it's very painful. We don't we don't often look just because we want to learn about ourselves or something. We're more in the, oh, my gosh, something's really messed up here. I need to go talk to somebody now, you know. And so because right, of that, yeah. then we're, we're obviously then going to have to uncover those things. But in the midst of, of 
confessions, there's always blessings. And what lessons did you learn by this, this hideous thing that happened? You know, how are you applying that? Why did your soul choose to do that? And how is that experience that your soul had actually helping you now? And, you know, people can say, well, I see all that now. This is wonderful. Or, and in the midst of all that, were there some talents? Were there some things that maybe you could be doing there that you learned there in the past that we could start to more consciously embody in this current life? So there's lots of blessings too, but it's just human nature, unfortunately, that we're not going to get help unless it hurts. We're not going to go try to look into ourselves otherwise. Well, so, 2020, you know, the last couple of years kind of put us all through the rototiller, so to speak. Um, I think your book is very timely. If if people are finding themselves working from home, isolated from social contact, um, lots of lots of quiet time, and and these kinds of events come up in their psyche, tell us about um, um, how your book plays into that and could help our audience deal with these kind of events that come up. Yeah. I'm- of course, we're identifying what the situation is. I'm going to share some case studies so that you can read stories about other people. And then all this starts to trigger your own memories, you know, because sometimes, like I said, it's going to take you a while to think of these things. So then I start taking you through a series of exercises. Um, one of the really interesting things um, that can be very powerful is just learning basic psychometry, which is where we we hold objects and we kind of can trace a line of light back to their origin points or or we can understand like objects that maybe we're attracted to or repulsed by and where does that feeling come from? We can start to learn, you know, where these things come from. We can cut cords with things that are unpleasant. We can actually connect with things that would be empowering, as you mentioned, like could this object empower me to embody that memory that I had from the Middle Ages so that I could be better in my now, you know, and that's also possible. And of course, series of past life regressions um, geared towards everything from connecting with um, people who we've known in the past, working with gems and stones. How are we going to do that now? By taking it up a notch from all my gem and mineral healing books of saying, okay, I like this, this amethyst. This is wonderful. Okay, why? Great. It's from Brazil. It's from South Africa or something. Let's go deeper now and say, okay, let's follow that, that gem energy and see if we can send our consciousness there to actually encounter the reason why that energy of that gemstone right now is feeling so wonderful to us and things like that. So just lots of different off-the-wall things. Not, you know, I'm really trying to get people into this idea that that in this paradigm that I'm presenting here, you don't pass life regression to figure out who you were because you've already figured that out. You've, you've had a blast from your past. So now that we kind of have a clue, then the regression journeys then would become more of a, you know, putting the orchestra behind the the guitar or whatever, you know, kind of filling in the blanks into the emotions, filling in the blanks into the details that are going to help you bring that awareness more fully into your life. But if you really have a blast from the past, if you're walking down a, a street, you know, as some clients have happened and... It looks like modern buildings, but all of a sudden you step on a brick and bam, You're suddenly all those modern buildings go away and now you're in some medieval village all of a sudden. 
And then, bam, you come back 10 seconds later or five seconds later, and you go, what in the heck just happened to me? So these kinds of things are happening to people now. Maybe it's the interdimensional shifting that's going on. It does seem to be more common. So if that happened to you, then you might say, let's say this was in France. I'm just making that up. Then you might say, well, I obviously lived here before. Uh, Yeah, probably. So now that we know that, now we're going to go on a regression and find out why. Why did you think you needed to go there? Or why did you encounter this person? Because it's always happening for a reason, as you know. Well, I, I think we, um, uh, like, there's there's drowning and dying and, and <laughs> it sounds so upbeat. There's drowning and dying and being stabbed and swords and arrows and burned and blah, blah, blah. Um, but... Fun, fun, fun. That's right. I, I think I think sometimes we shut down aspects of our psyche. I mean, real quick, there's a memory I have. Of, I'm a general in, in a very big army, and I'm the top dog, and I'm, I'm deciding battle. And I decide, well, tomorrow morning we end it. Tomorrow morning we're going to finish him off. And... I go to bed and and the next morning wakes up and the army leaves to battle and then I ride my horse to the battlefield and it was an ambush and there's just a sea of dead bodies, just thousands of dead bodies and it all came from my hand and I drop to my knees and I weep and I cry and I make a vow to myself, I will never speak in a powerful fashion in a way that will affect others in an impactful way. I mean, we make these vow kind of things, and it's like, so how can I find my voice now if my voice caused so much pain and suffering, if that makes sense? I mean, I, part of why we're so docile, I think, when so, uh, we get treated like crap, and we're, we're exploited on so many levels, and we're silent. And there's, there just has to be something to that. I didn't mean to distract it too much, but um, no, that's you know, exactly what we're talking about. Vows, and yes, I, I totally agree. We're sitting around. We're not doing enough because we somewhere in the past we said, "Ooh, danger, danger!" You know, danger, Will yeah. Robinson, danger, and we're just yeah. we're getting scared. We've got to push past this. We're a soul. We're we're unlimited. Yeah, very nice. Well, an hour can fly by pretty fast. I want to make sure the audience knows about your books, any services in person, are they online? I mean, from the audience point of view, what do you what what's your modality? What's your your offerings? What's your life purpose, so to speak, as far as service to others? Can you share that with us? Yes. Um I'm very excited. Um people can go to my website which is Past Life Lady. Right now, um, it just started today, but it's not too late to get into it. I'm doing an amazing class right now through the Shift Network that is unlike anything that I've had the opportunity to do ever in the 20 years that I've been doing this. We are starting today what we did. Um, it's all pre-recorded, so you can just get on and, li- and watch these at your leisure. It's seven weeks long. It's about $300, which for seven 90-minute sessions is, um, you know, Let's just say my private sessions are, would be more than that. So, so seven 90-minute sessions. Today we talked about establishing sacred space, um, creating that space from which you're going to launch off from. Then we're going to do 
current life healing with mother and father because your parents are your origin story on earth. Your creator created you spiritually, but your birth parents created you here on this material plane. So we're going to have conversations, get into some of those sticky feelings of places that might have hurt a little bit to try to get some of this emoting out that's going to be so powerful. And then the next, so it's two weeks of current life healing with mom and dad two weeks of past life regressions with mom and dad. How did I know my mom? What lessons did we learn? Why are we here together? What's our sole purpose together? What about my dad? Let's go look at that. Whether your dad is, your parents are, you know, alive, they passed away, whether whether they're foster parents, adoptive parents, we will we'll address all of those as well because all of those are important soul contracts. And then we're going to end the seven weeks with genealogical regressions, which means we're going to go contact again this higher self of mom and dad and go down because we have the luxury of the amount of time that we've got every week to do these we'll go to mother one week and we'll say mom let's go down your mother's side of the family your father's side of the family and send healing nice. so a lot of times we witness like battles and stuff now are we going to be jumping for joy when we send love and light to a battlefield no but could we could we have maybe a millimeter or two of space that might lighten up a little bit? Yes, we can. And when we do that, we start to bring that embodied energy through that early time, let's say in the battlefield, all the way to our mother, and then we start to feel physical changes in our body. It's very powerful. We're going to end our seven weeks with Dad, and then I'm going to show you how you can take these recordings and just keep using them to peel back the, the onion of the soul, you know. And I'm very excited because... I'm really fully convinced now that these are the three big areas. We must address the current life. We really need to go into past lives. I mean, that's why I like to call myself the past life lady, but we really are not going to get there if we don't acknowledge these ancestors. It is critical. It's it's bubbling up into the collective very strongly right now, and I would just urge people to come on over and take my class. That would be wonderful. And I, I just put a blog post up on it and um, – I'll be putting a YouTube video up on it as well. So, anyway, I'm excited about it. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun, and it was fun today to see everybody. I mean, people from all over the world. We have a private Facebook group. You can come on in. We're going to snuggle together. We're going to try to have fun together at a time when it isn't fun out here. So come on over and snuggle with us. Well, how nice, um, Shelley. I want to thank you for coming back on our show. It's so delightful to have you back on the show. Thank you. Wes, it is always a joy to talk to you. You are just amazing, just amazing. And I'm just thankful that you've been here doing this show for as long as you have. It is so important that we're we're just have the space to have this kind of a conversation. So, so blessings, blessings, my friend. You are amazing. Well, very nice. Uh, we've been talking with Shelley Carr. And the topic tonight has been blast from the past. The what we're talking about tonight is is really powerful stuff, and I can say that with a hundred percent confidence for every single one of you because we're all cut from the same fabric of whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, source consciousness, prime creator, God, whatever. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is within, the Father and I are one, blah, blah, blah. Um, We're reconstituting, we're reassembling our divinity. 
And for myself, I see legions, eight, just acres of uh, of sages and alchemists and mystics coming out of the rank and file. Um, and that's people like you, the listener. Don't kid yourself. You are the, you are the stuff. You are sitting in the best seat in the house. You have so much power to reclaim, to to harvest out of your own psyche. That it it's phenomenal. It's um, I don't think we have a language to describe the true authentic power of a of a multidimensional soul, and that's what you are. And you chose tonight to spend this time with us. Here we are at the end of the episode, and here you are. I salute you for showing up for yourself. What an exciting time to be alive. Damn, drop the clutch and punch the gas. It's time to thrust in your sickle, draw your measure, show up for yourself. Your soul has big plans, but unless your ego can create a space for it to happen, it becomes very unlikely. So I love bringing the episodes like tonight with Shelly uh, to to not be afraid of, of the, the pain and torment that hides in the corners of our psyche and our subconscious. Anywho, what a wonderful episode. I want to thank you. Um, I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.